Welcome to Hooplecast. I'm your host, Matt, and joining me are my newbie co-hosts. Also Matt. And Mel, not also. <laughs> Carol's not here quite yet. She'll be dropping in at some point. This is a this is a special episode of Hooplecast because rather than talking about Deadwood, we'll be talking about the English series Lovejoy, which stars our very own elsewhere engine Ian McShane as Lovejoy. Oh goodness. Where he actually sounds like a British person. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to in Deadwood. <laughs> our guest slash host today is Shane from England. Welcome, Shane. Yay. Hello. Shane, whereabouts in England are you? Uh, I'm way down south, uh, about a hundred miles um, from London. In a in a little town called Sirencester. What? What? <laughs> Sirencester. Sirencester. Got it in one. Sirencester. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm looking that up right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never heard of that. It one. looks charming. <clears throat> it looks very right. charming. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the city streets here. Are you are you uh, walking on the streets there? Uh, virtually. Yeah. Virtually. Did you find his house yet? Oh, oh I'm just looking at the uh, the Black Horse. Yeah. Is that a place? Yes. That's a pub. On Castle Street. Yeah. Yeah. You just point me to the pub. I'll be all set. <laughs> <laughs> You're already there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shane, you've you've never seen Deadwood, right? But you've but uh, you're familiar with Lovejoy. Tell yes, us, ma'am. tell us what, tell us why, <laughs> why that I got, why I left, uh, like Lovejoy. Um, it was something on a Sunday evening that my parents used to watch when I was a wee lad. Uh, seven o'clock on a Sunday evening, we used to watch it as a family. I'm pretty sure that is exactly the time slot that Murder She Wrote was on. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it seems like a family show, uh, uh, an early kind of uh, in the in the evening yeah. before they get raunchy. Mm-hmm. Before they get raunchy. <laughs> <laughs> this... On the very same channel. <laughs> no, 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 no. This, no, this is no, this is the BBC, darlings. We don't do any, something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, this aired on the BBC, and this it aired show, for yeah. how long? Uh, quite a few years actually, because there was a huge gap between the first and second seasons. Um, is there... is so, that, so that's so it aired for a long time <coughs> comparatively for a BBC show because I know BBC shows don't usually have many episodes in a season. No, well they just don't last very long either. Usually, mm. it it ran for eight years. Oh, oh wow. However, as, as I as I said, there was a five year gap between the first and second seasons. What? That's really weird. That is strange. What happened? Is, yeah, is there a reason? Um, base, basically, um, the well, the ratings were quite good, but they just didn't bother renewing it. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Well, they're lucky that nobody was under contract uh, with something else that. Conflicted, mm. or maybe they were. That's why they couldn't get back right right away. Huh? That's strange. Seventy-one episodes. So that's yeah, that's quite a lot, actually. So from what season did we? I'm assuming it's the first season that we watched. I believe this was season five, episode season, two. Oh, yeah, season Seriously? five, episode two. Yeah. Oh wow! So when did this show start? Uh, this show started in 1986 and finished uh, January 1986 and finished December 1994. 
Did Ian McShane have the same hair the whole time? Uh, pretty much. Um, yes, actually. <laughs> oh, boy. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, How would you describe this hair, other than that there's a lot of it? Okay, so I had three different notes for it. Because the first time it shows up in the credits, I was like, wow, an amazing Tears for Fears mullet. (laughs) But then it went to, no, that's not Tears for Fears. It's more like a Paul McCartney mullet. And I was like, no, no. It's like if Jerry Seinfeld had a mullet. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. It's crazy. It's very curly. And I, it kept disturbing me when he would move and the back of the hair would flop around. Yeah, it's very hassle, too. Yeah. yeah. It just... I really... and, it, and, like, he would, like, pull his coat up and his hair would get, like, pinned under the coat. <laughs> <laughs> he would never need to write, uh, wear a helmet if he was on a bicycle or a it's okay. like, it's like motorcycle. All... It's exactly like in Flight of the Concords when Brett makes himself a helmet get out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but his hair was not the biggest in the episode. <laughs> well, that's true. There is an eye patch guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That eye patch guy. Oh. So this episode is called Who's the Fairest of Them All? Yeah. Because it concerns a mirror <laughs> that, from the description, I thought was going to be haunted. But it turns out there's just one ballet girl who's freaked out by it and, then, and there's like yeah. and that's it there's no explanation she's just freaked out and i love that girl she's amazing <laughs> um shit entitled <laughs> but, i did a, i did a bit of research actually okay. on who who that t- girl turned out to be and uh she looked like she was the commissioning editor for drama for channel four <laughs> hello everybody Hi, Carol. Hi, Carol. Sorry, I actually fell asleep after I sent you the email. Well, that's Carol's verdict of the episode. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) No, I wasn't watching it. What, has everybody gone through their their, uh, their opinion? Uh, No, no, we're just, uh, we're kind of introducing it and uh, trying to figure out what this was. We're talking, we talked about the, we talked about (laughs) Ian McShane's hair already. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I missed that. Okay. What, what, yeah, what do you think about his hair? And his whole look. It it was it was of the time. Um yes. I'm not sure when this was, but whenever it was, it was of the time. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean it, he wears it well, I think. Mm-hmm. Debatable. Uh, debatable. <laughs> I I thought he got away with it well, but uh I do like longer hair on guys than than most, so there you have that. I don't have a problem with long hair on guys. I just have a problem with mullets, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Would it have been better if he was wearing like a Beatles shag or something? Uh, no. <laughs> I think that would look weird. No, it was weird. It was weird. And I don't think he's aged at all. He looks the very same. Yeah, how many more years? Besides the hair, he looks the same. Like later his face. was Deadwood, about seven or eight, maybe. No, uh, more like. Deadwood started in 2004. Oh, okay. So, so more like 15 years. More, no. This, oh, this okay. was 1994, so 10 years. 10 years. Well, this was yeah. 93, These, I think. 90s to 2000s? That's almost 20 years. No, he said, well, this is season 5 we watched. Okay. Yes, right, which, so, would been, which would have been 1993. Oh, okay, 90, okay, so 90, 90s. Years. Okay. Yeah. Well, he doesn't look a decade older. No, no, not at all. But he doesn't look like a young man then. No. No, no he doesn't. 
I, I mean, I thought he had less. He was his face was less craggy. Yeah. You know? still look the same. I don't find he he has the look for like a uh, leading man. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Where, I, yeah, do you have any information about why he was cast? It says at the top of the, uh, before the credit sequence, Ian McShane as Lovejoy. Like, was mm. he well known then where everyone would have been like, ooh, Ian McShane? <laughs> um, not really. Um, he was in Dallas. No. He was in Dallas? Mm. The show, TV show Dallas? Yep. What did he do in Dallas? Uh, English cat. <laughs> As the English cad Don Lockwood. English Don. cad, huh? He doesn't. He doesn't seem like a cad. He does. Mm. Oh yes, he does. Well, yeah, but he doesn't have like the the. He's not like a matinee idol, good looks type no. guy. No. He looks. He looks too much like a. Yes, but isn't a cad like kind of a devilish kind of person? Yeah. I suppose more in personality, but. Yeah, he's not a classically I mean, handsome man. He looks more like a like the like a thug. Like he like he like he should. He fits the part in Deadwood perfectly, like the leader yeah. of a gang of thugs or something. Well, it was it was fifty one here. Oh wow, fifty hmm? one there. Yeah, it was oh, born okay. in nineteen. It was born in nineteen forty two. Huh. I mean, well, was, I would, I would, he's sixty two in Deadwood. Must have been. Holy crap. Yeah, it doesn't, he it's does like not seem it. No. So that means he's in his 70s now. Mm. I mean, he, I mean, he was a, he was a quite a handsome guy in his youth. I mean, I, I could, I oh, had the best way to describe him. As a pinup, I suppose? Mm. <laughs> okay, let's look up some young pictures of a young machine, because I have to see this. Doing it. My parents would describe him as coming from good stock. <laughs> <laughs> you mean as far as the age thing goes? As far as being um, 70 years old and still working. Yeah. Yeah. What, what does that mean, that he's of good stock? What is that supposed to mean? Hardy. Hardy stock. Hardy stock. <laughs> hardy stock. Like he's a farm animal. <laughs> and you could take him to market. I don't know. I don't know what it means. Um, I just wanted to say of his hair, it wasn't so much the shape of it, but the volume of it that was so... Yeah. Yeah, he was a good-looking young guy, I guess. Mm. Was he? Yeah. yeah. Looks like it. If you look up pictures of him, just Google or Ian McShane Young. Ian McShane Young. Okay. <laughs> there's like a lot of shirtless pictures of him. Well, there's one. I don't know if I'm prepared for that, but <laughs> ah ah, <Is> that him <laughs> with a dog covering his genitals. No, yes, I've got that in front of me. Oh, oh that's somebody. <laughs> that's not that's him. somebody else. You say you have that framed on your wall? Is that what you just said? <laughs> no. No, no, it says no. That is him. It says yeah. Ian McShane. Wow, that's weird. Oh wow, as a pinup, he looks with a with, yeah. a, with, a, with a wiener dog cover, covering his genitals appropriately. <laughs> so <laughs> mm. he was kind of swarthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Here he is playing an Indian. That's that's not <laughs> good. <laughs> Here's an article that says "Stand Back, Girls." Oh. Ooh. Yes, I see that the very first picture stand back there. this week a man came into my office and i mean a real hunk of a man <laughs> he is probably the most amazing man in the whole of pop singing what pop singer he was a pop singer wow now, now i'm gonna... we sure are we sure this is the right person let's look up it, it sh- came in the search results but it may not be because i'm looking for a name here oh yeah yeah 
Oh my god, he's a singer. Yes, he was a singer. Oh, yeah. Well, this is starting a whole new thing. Oh my. I was going to say, maybe the um, BBC back then had different standards of uh, attractiveness for leading men since <laughs> on US TV today, especially on networks like the CW, you you got to have a real attractive person to be your lead actor. Well, I mean, the BBC has always been a little looser on that than American media has. I think your definition of attractive, though, is kind of subjective anyways. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Whatever the studio heads deem attractive. That's right. Anyway, should we get into the episode? Oh, I just wanted to ask <laughs> Shane, uh, why this episode? Uh, I thought it would be uh, appropriate given his uh, complete acting style in this. To be honest with you, um, you've got him s- s- quite sad at the end, and of course you've got him quite ha- happy. It displays the entire range of his acting ability in this mm-hmm. episode, I think. I would agree with that, yes. It's, it was nice to see him smile. <laughs> yes. And act yeah. like a human being. Not a complete bastard. Mm. Yep. Lovable bastard. <laughs> Lovable <laughs> bastard. Yeah, I actually, when somebody had said something about not being able to imagine him in any other role and stuff, and I was like, okay, just watching this, I I definitely saw pieces of of what we've seen in Deadwood and so forth. Yeah, it was Chris who did our theme music who said that. I suppose that if you watched 70 episodes of this and you saw him as quite rakish and charming and that it would in- it, his performance would ingrain itself into your brain so much that you really couldn't see him in, mm. in something else, maybe. I had that, actually, when I first saw... What was that bloody um, Babylon 5 thing it was in? River of Souls. The third television movie. Oh, he was in that? In, I won't say anything further, just in case anyone's watching okay, that. Okay, I, I saw Babylon 5, all of Babylon 5, and I'm trying to remember now. Uh, he, it was the third television movie. Third television? I don't know if I'd seen the television movies. I just watched the show. No, there were television movies. Mm, so it was four of them. Wow. Um, Do you know if those movies were ever split into hour-long episode lengths and repackaged for syndication? uh, No, as far as I'm aware, they weren't. They were done by TNT when when the show moved network. Hmm. I don't remember that. Because it it got cancelled at at the end of the fourth season, and it was uh, bought by by uh, TNT... Yeah. And part of the package deal was um, they were to make four television movies. Okay. Uh, in the beginning, Third Space, River of Souls, and uh, Quarter Arms. Huh. I'm looking on IMDb, and I, I must be missing it or something, because I've gone back and forth a few times and haven't seen it. Okay, so my first note is catchy theme. Yep. Great theme. It was uh, gave me feelings of some other theme, but I never yeah. successfully put my finger on yeah, it. Yeah, same. But I, I thought it was pretty amazing that they kept showing all these classical paintings, and then they showed like one of those magical watercolors when you paint it with water, the the colors appear magically. I was okay. like, okay, mm-hmm. what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I yeah, think that's meant to. I think that's meant to show the fact that Lovejoy is a bit of a con artist, but at the same time, he is a bit of a lovable rogue at, at, at you know at the same time. So. Yeah, I was. I was. I have to admit, I was very confused about this show. I didn't. I didn't really know what was going. Like I, I didn't know what they were really doing. Like, and I didn't realize un- until Matt reminded me that this was supposed to be a murder she wrote antiques roadshow cro- uh, <laughs> cross. And I was like, oh, now it makes sense, kind of. It's still a really weird premise. Well, as far as I could tell, it was just a show about buying, selling, and restoring mirrors. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, I was like, is this like what every episode is like? Because I'm, I don't even know. Well, like, they, they <laughs> even have a character who, who has a name who works in a mirror shop. But no, and there's like, such a thing as a mirror shop. Well, I'm just like, he knows this EJ at the mirror shop. I'm like, how many of these plots call for a mirror shop? <laughs> like, <laughs> or does this guy have a new job every week or something? Uh, well, uh, he must deal in antiquities, right? So he, yeah. They, it's a mirror shop. It only sells mirrors. It's I know. Not- I thought that was weird too, but I guess. How many, how, how many episodes have to do with mirrors, Shane? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't really remember. <laughs> then who is this guy? Does he show up in any other episodes? Uh, yeah, he's a series regular, I believe. Well, what does he do in other episodes if he works in a mirror shop? Smallman Smith. He's regular? EJ. What you p- EJ. I keep what thinking, p- um... I don't know. I mean, it's it's been a while since I've watched the, the entire ser- uh, series. I have to be honest with you, but um, uh, the actor does appear in the opening credits. Huh. I don't under- I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem like they were very friendly with this guy. He, uh, yeah, like was always kind of taking advantage of him. It seemed. Yeah, they have like a little bit of a rivalry going. Well, he's on helping him sell things at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah sort of. <laughs> to serve his own purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the pieces, if it's Murder, She Wrote and, and Antiques Roadshow, it kind of, it also seems like he's um, he's a scam artist, so there, it seems like there should be a another show in there somewhere. I'm not quite sure which one. But is he like, is it a scam every week, or what is the deal? Um... Basically, yeah, I mean, Lovejoy is much more, he's a, he's a, he's a rogue, uh, but uh-huh. he's a level, he's a level rogue, and he, he gets away with lots of stuff. Level 4 rogue? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he does things, not, I wouldn't say things illegal, but, you know, on the wrong end of the law, if you know what I mean, but he gets away, yeah. he gets away with it. Maybe morally questionable. Yeah. I... I looked up the guy. Smallman Smith was the owner of the mirror shop. He's only in one episode. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought it was... I was wondering, just looking at the description of this program, how they would make 71 episodes out of this premise of him buying and selling antiques. And then I realized that half the episode is not that. That's not the main plot. It's all his other relationships. Mm. Like this This lady... Uh, what's her name? Janie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, Lady Jane uh, Falsham. Was she like is from the beginning? Is is a lot of it the two of them from the beginning of the series or? Mm. Yeah, she's she's a, she's a series regular from seasons one to five. This is actually her last appearance in the show into oh. the into the final episode of season six. Hmm. 
Yeah, I I found myself being very annoyed with her. Ooh. To say the least. Oh, why? Why? Yeah, mm. just curious. Because, um, I mean, she she was being very cavalier with with his feelings and with their relationship. I mean, she might have well has well have just said, "Look, I'm just not as into you as you are to me, so deal with it." Um, but it would have been kinder to actually say that, I think, in some ways. Uh, but I'd be there for you. I was like, no, what are you doing? Look at how she just treated you. Talk about you'll always be there for. It wasn't. It wasn't. I'll always be there for you. Like something like a, that. As in moral support, it was. I'll always be there. <laughs> I was like, how'd that work? So she's then, in a taxi cab right now. You're not there. <laughs> now so she's yeah. on the plane. You're so not there. I'll be he's also the taxi cab driver. <laughs> yeah. Driver, take me to the airport. He's All right. Like, yeah. Hey, I mean, Lovejoy, what are you doing in there? Yeah, but they, yeah. At the first I, of the episode, they were talking about how, oh, she might be sleeping with some other guy, but they're supposed to be in a relationship. It was her ex-husband. Yeah, but I mean, the they didn't even know who it was at the first. He was yeah. like, you know, love in the afternoon. Well, well, yeah. well, apparently it's not a not an official relationship. Like Maybe she even not, says yeah. that, like we can never be because status. <laughs> yeah, she didn't say yeah. that. Was, right, but... That's that was what the word she didn't say, but I mean that's what she meant. <laughs> right. Is I, that is that what it was? I'm old money. You're you know. Is that what it was? You're some hooligan. Is that yeah. why they're not? She's the she's the money money person behind everything. So that's why they can never be. How does this change the show now? I mean, a lot of this hinged on these the, these two guys who were. What are we going to do now if this woman leaves? Where our revenue stream is dried up. What does that mean for our quote unquote business? So what happens now that now that she's left? Um, another 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 interest comes in to actually to run through a uh, Charlotte Cavendish, an auction an, uh, an auctioneer. Ooh. Oh, oh, well, I like her. <laughs> I, like, I want to meet her. So, so Lovejoy is basically a gold digger. Um, just like, I won't go. I won't go. I won't go that far. But he just chums up with these wealthy women and leeches off them. <laughs> An auctioneer isn't necessarily wealthy. They, they just get paid. I guess, but it sounds like she's their new uh, source of money. That the actress who plays. Lady Jane is Phyllis Logan. If you watch Downton Abbey, she's Mrs. Hughes. <gasps> really? Yeah. I didn't even recognize her. I know. She looks completely oh. different. Wow. That's really cool. Hmm. That's awesome. I, all you need is the thing of the belt of keys around her. <laughs> and then, ah, there she is. She's got the, <laughs> key, she's right. got the keys. Now I, now, I, now I can see it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's many pretty... keys. So, we just, so are, are we just throwing out our notes, or are we going? Through? Yeah, hey, yeah, we're not gonna go through it. Okay, scene by scene. Um, Why were they at the ballet studio, anyways? What was up with that? And I'm, and I'm was confused. Lovejoy going going to judge Eric? <laughs> yeah, what was up with Eric? <laughs> who's, who's Eric? Eric was the one boy in the class, and as soon as the teacher said Eric, Lovejoy was like Eric. He's like, what's Eric <laughs> doing here? Who the hell's Eric? There was a boy. I, I don't think. I don't think Eric is a character that he knows. I think he's just judging the fact that there's yes. a in the class. Uh, I must have been falling asleep at that point. <laughs> that was, was the beginning of I the know. episode. <laughs> I know I was falling asleep through the whole thing. <laughs> I didn't until... You weren't kept awake by a catchy theme? <laughs> I kept awake 
wait for that. And then I started okay. to for that. <laughs> I didn't even realize that was a boy until it was pointed out. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's another little girl with short hair. Yeah, I didn't notice it was a boy until they said Eric. So, yes, why were they at the ballet? It's they were the job, the job for uh, Lovejoy, basically. Yes, they needed, was... they needed to get a new mirror. Yeah, but he was just dancing. He was waiting for the class to get out. Probably. Oh, okay. Just nimble as a forest creature. Yeah. <laughs> and my other note was, oh, I miss bunheads. Anyone else ever watch bunheads? <laughs> no. no. What is bunheads? Bunheads was the ABC Family show about uh, Sutton Foster plays the showgirl who ends up in a small town and teaches ballet to these girls. Oh. It was done by Amy Sherman Palladino, who did Gilmore Girls. Okay. Kelly, I heard good things about it, but I never no, saw it. Kelly Bishop was the like her mother-in-law. <laughs> and uh, it was just a quirky small town thing with some ballet in it. It was oh. very good. It didn't look but a, a season. Okay. Oh, I miss Bunheads. Oh, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah. Why does this ballet studio not have floor-to-ceiling mirrors? Yeah, they have oh. like one a mirror that one person at a time can look at themselves. <laughs> an, an evil mirror at and that. Only, and only yeah. see the top half of them. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at me on that one. <laughs> That's a little str- I thought all Bally Studios had I, those. I got the feeling it was. Mirrors. I got the feeling that it was kind of a. Um, an upper class faux ballet school where it was kind of like (laughs) never heard of a faux ballet school it's either you teach ballet or you don't right (laughs) well Well, ballet but it's not like i mean the way she said at the end of the lesson oh that was very good all of you you know and you know just you're all wonderful. Come back Especially again. Especially you, little rich girl. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, so you mean it was just one of those schools where they're just flattering them? Well, that's what she's... She wants them to take the mirror because this one rich girl doesn't like the mirror and she's afraid she'll drop out and she won't get money from this rich girl's family. That's fine. So she's like... That's fine. Take this mirror and replace and replace it for me. Okay. That's the whole yeah. plot of this. Yeah, but... You're saying that this ballet teacher, teacher has no qualifications. She's yeah, it just sounds like money. it. <laughs> this ramshackle ballet studio. I've got a house. I got a room. I can teach ballet. I don't know right, ballet, yeah. but she, I'll just. She probably has some kind of qualifications on some level, but she probably, you know, it's it's to give the girls posture, and you know, it's kind of like a finishing school kind of attitude, rather than okay. I expect them to go to you know London and become ballet dancers. You know. Oh. It's, all much right. more, ah, they'll have good posture and be well, you know, proper ladies. Yeah, they'll have they'll have culture. Mm-hmm. Besides, you, oh, good. As you would say here, culture. Mm. Culture. <laughs> For this to be true, none of their parents would want. I mean, don't they? Don't they want some qualifications, some degree of right authenticity? And I'm sure of, she has. I'm sure she has some, but they also do not want their daughters getting too serious about this kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, maybe it was just like a thing where they're just like, uh, get these kids away from my house. I just want them to be entertained for like an hour. Okay. Maybe she has a room that actually has the the floor-to-ceiling mirrors and the bar that you always see where the girls are grabbing the bar to do their little routine. I don't know, ballet. But... <laughs> she has a fake room and then a real I... room. 
where she teaches the actual yes, she teaches the actual teachers. students in the real room and then brings these nobodies to this other room and says all right kids let's prance around so I, I can take your daddy's money that's right well kind of kind of like you know the um upper class girls were supposed to have certain skills but you don't want them getting too serious about any of them because the whole point is that they're supposed to get married and be cultured and be able to have these certain skills for just being at home and and entertaining whatever being able to dance being able to draw being able to play a musical instrument you know well, there's no way Monica was ever going to make it as a ballet dancer. No. <laughs> she looks and- like she ate the ballet class. <laughs> oh. No. No, that's mean. That's mean. I have to tease Monica a little bit because she was my favorite part of this entire episode. And I, I can't believe we didn't get a whole episode of just Monica. That's what I wanted. I wanted Mo- nothing but Monica being their shopping buddy. So I'm guessing that the clips that you cut out of that show are... Okay, here they are. All right, I'm going to put the link to them in the Skype. Okay, please. I'm curious. And uh, besides Ian McShane's uh, hair, his jacket is way too big. He's swimming in that leather uh, leather jacket. (laughs) You're just just jealous. Let's look at this. That leather jacket reminds me so much of one that my son got in Salvation Army that, yeah, he kind of swims in a little bit, too. Yeah. It's gone, Monica. It's not there anymore. But it's still in the house. Not for long. This kind gentleman has come to take it away. The trouble, Monica? Oh, please take it away. It's evil. And we have lots more down here and through here. And a particularly fine one here, Miss Wainwright. Uh, no, 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 no. I think this one's a little bit small, don't you? <laughs> How about this veneered satin wood with boxwood inlay and these lovely reeded pillars? It's ghastly, really ghastly. This will be wonderful for your jetés. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you like this one? Mm, no, I don't think so. How about this beautiful oval mirror here? No, it's horrible. <laughs> the acting, the acting is what I'm saying. Love it! Oh my god, it's hilarious. She, her oh, hair is so, really big. She is ridiculous. I actually thought she did a good job. Yeah, wise. It's kind of cute. The guy, the beret, they're doing the little hop. <laughs> I love how serious and solemn she is. Let's talk about how she actually did pick her mirror, though. Yeah, she just like barely saw it. She drove by it. I want that yes. one. <laughs> Do you think it was just because it was black? Maybe, and 
because she's rich and she gets what she wants, and then yeah. she just drives away. Or she just wanted them, let at, them walk. Or she just wanted mirror. them out of the car. <laughs> Maybe she didn't even seem to notice that the two were totally different kinds of mirrors, you know. And they yeah. seemed to expect her not to have any idea. They didn't even like worry about it. But the mirror like, that she picked was probably the best one that studio could have had. It was the biggest mirror in the episode. Yeah. yeah. Though the actual glass was not all that great. Yeah. But yeah. the, but yeah, it was a big square plane mm-hmm. mirror. Too bad and it gets they, they ended up with a much smaller, very fancy mirror. I, I just thought it was interesting how people were such connoisseurs of mirrors in this episode. Yeah. They were very much like, you know, like the the lady at the first there. She was like, "Ooh, the drawers! Ooh, the secret drawers! Put the glass! I don't know." It's like, why would they try to sell that with the glass all shoddy like that? I know it's an collector's antique. item. Damn, yeah, but eh. come on, where am I gonna <laughs> put that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have space for that. Yeah. As they say, for collectors, once you actually make it look nice, it's not worth anything anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. So. I don't know. Oh, they said gratis in this episode. Yes! They did, twice. <laughs> they did not swear, Be in business, EJ? I hope so, Lovejoy, since I've been just, uh, since I've just given the fruits of my knowledge gratis, and I have returned the favor gratis. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Love it. About halfway, through my, about halfway through my notes, my note is, uh, what are these people even doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is this about? What's the point? See, if this episode had just been about Monica looking at mirrors, it would have been <laughs> hilarious. Because uh, my favorite scene was probably, other than her screaming, was when she got in the car and she was sort of taunting them, you know, yeah. all these low-class pe- Did you even wipe your shoes? What <laughs> kind of savage are you? <laughs> she was the best thing. I, I just wish we had, had more Monica. <laughs> Were you going to say? No. Whatever. I'll oh. wait. Okay. Now's the time. Mm. I'm surprised you haven't asked me the obvious question yet. What? What is Lovejoy's real name? A first name. Oh, Ian. That was Tim. <laughs> um, Peter. Alistair. Oh, seems like it should be something that fits in with the word Lovejoy. Meredith. Meredith Lovejoy. <laughs> he doesn't have one. Oh, what? come on. Is it so is it Lovejoy Lovejoy or is it just Lovejoy as in like Prince? <laughs> no. Um cause it was a series of books beforehand and it was never revealed in the books, so therefore it was never revealed in the TV series. That doesn't mean he doesn't have one. Yeah. <laughs> just means that no one bothered to give him. Uh, so how close so there was a series of books and how yeah. close did the TV series um stick with the books? Uh, not really, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, the, uh, the novels, uh, actually, and violence was toned down a lot. Wait, what? The violence was toned down? Yeah. Does he carry a big knife in the books and go around stabbing fools? Uh, I've never read the books, actually. Um, Oh, okay. uh, But, um, the, uh, Tinker Deal, who was in this episode... Uh, was massively cleaned up the television series. Within the novels, he is portrayed as a seldom-bathed individual. Mm. <laughs> and, and, um, but even though his, um, penchant for, uh, strong drink was retained. 
for the series. I, I'm betting uh, if there's more violence in the novels, instead of like the show where it's buying, selling, and restoring mirrors, it's uh, robbing, selling, and restoring mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to imagine the dangerous cutthroat world of antiquing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there definitely was a feeling that they were not they were not honest or, or on the up and up. But uh, on the other hand, the only person they actually cheated was that guy Tink's, what, grandmother or something? Where he stole her, her mirror from her? And then stabbed her. <laughs> <laughs> no, that didn't happen. It it just seemed like a lot of the plot involved switching price tags. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Because it happened twice. Was this show always yeah. this exciting? Like, is it always <laughs> yeah. Every Pretty time? Much. Pretty much. All right. All right. <laughs> I mean, remember, it, you know, we're talking about 7 o'clock on a Sunday evening here. We're not, you know. Is this a show for grandmas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. I knew it. It's incredibly dull. <laughs> it was, yes, it's it's one of those things where you can actually have the entire family around the TV, you know, after you've had you know your Sunday roast. It's uh, it's it's very safe. Somebody yeah. though, some family thought this was too much though. I yes. bet they're they're watching the TV, and they switch the price tags, and they go, "Oh my god, turn it <laughs> off!" <laughs> oh my heavens! <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe, they, can't left believe they left this at, at 8 o'clock. <laughs> Families are watching. Uh, that was great when her uh, when her husband went broke and she's like, oh, she's all stressed. I'm like, time to get a job. <laughs> she does have a job. No, she doesn't. She just directs them where to get antiques. She gives them jobs. That's right. That's her job. She's a manager. <laughs> and then she sits at home and drinks her tea. Yeah. I'm currently looking at, and bear with me one moment, I'm currently trying to find what was on the other side at the same time. Oh, man. Um, another note here is I got uh, Roddy, the eyepatch dude. I'm like, that can't be real hair. <laughs> mm. It looked like a nest of some kind. Do women like eyepatches? Mel, Carol, tell us. <laughs> um, what? Patches, like, yes? like oh, he's got an eyepatch. He's right sexy. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Uh, I don't know. You've never met anyone with an eye patch. I've never met anyone with an eye patch. Oh, my dad had to wear an eye patch for a while. Uh, and uh, our niece wears an eye patch. Well, she she wears one because she's cross-eyed. But my dad had to wear an eye. <laughs> it's because my she dad had... fought huh? a kraken. Yeah. <laughs> she fought a kraken. My dad had to wear an eye patch because he was in a karate tournament and somebody's toenail went in his eyeball. Oh. <laughs> that is really gross. gross. Yep. That is so gross. But. <laughs> <laughs> He got better. Oh, just a toenail. Anyways, I don't know. Eye patch. I guess it's kind of a cool, like, oh, that guy's a badass. But I wouldn't say it's sexy per se. Mm. It's mm. like when you see somebody with a cool face scar, you know. Like, wanna... Oh, that scar is right badass. Yeah. But What's I wouldn't the... say, oh, it's super sexy. What's the story? Yeah. Tell me more. Um... Tell me more. <laughs> Shane, who are his buddies and what's the story behind them? Why are these people friends? <laughs> they seem very mismatched. I don't know. Well, At least Tinker does. That's the point. Um, uh, yeah, they're, bas- uh, they're just basically um, 
just uh, friends, and they've just built up a relationship over over time. Um, Lovejoy needs them, and he, they need Lovejoy. Did they not know each other before the series started, or they did? Or it's been as I said, it's been such a long time since I've seen the first season, so I no. can't see remember how they got together. To be honest with you, sorry. Well, the but I did find out what was on ITV, which was the other main channel at the same time as this. Yes, which was a song a program called Songs of Praise. Not, not, Songs of no, sorry, no, sorry, I'm not, sorry. That was what was on beforehand, before this. Sorry, it was uh, Stairway, Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> nice. Oh, <laughs> I'd rather watch that. <laughs> I used to love Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> what is that? I don't know what that is, other than it's a Led Zeppelin song. It's um, I'm thinking. Shame no, uh, no, that's Highway to Heaven. Oh, that's Highway to Heaven. Never mind then. I don't and know I'd still that. rather watch Lovejoy than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was a program uh, done where this um, bloke, whose name I've just completely out of my head, I can see him, but I can't, don't know, can't remember his name, uh, would travel around the country visiting old churches and then singing hymns. Oh, oh exciting. Well, yeah, sticking with Lovejoy. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't know why, yeah, I don't understand how... Tinker became part of this group. It's like almost as mysterious as why Marty and Doc are friends in Back to the Future. Like, or how did that happen? Well, I know why Eric is with them. That's because the network said, okay, if you're going to have Ian McShane as your leading man, you have to at least have a really attractive younger guy as a sidekick. That guy, that guy really reminded me of Martin Freeman. Yeah. Uh, like, a, like Martin Freeman really let himself go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the, yeah, the um the that name I couldn't remember was called Harry Seacombe. Hmm. So what was? Oh, okay. And those were your options, huh? Yeah. This mainly. or the him thing. Yeah. Yeah, Lovejoy. Okay. Well, I liked the scene where Lovejoy kind of seduces the lady at the antique shop, where he talks about the mirror and says. Um, Beautiful frame, gorgeous shape, drawers with her own mischievous little secrets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lovejoy. <laughs> yeah, he was very smooth with the ladies. Yes, he was. Mm. Speaking of the ladies, so was the relationship between Lovejoy and Janie, was that one of those things that from the beginning was um, will they, won't they, and then they shouldn't, but they did, and you know all that kind of thing. Not really. I mean, I, I would, I would, I would say that it, they I mean it. Obviously, it's, we're talking, we're talking the BBC darlings. Um, uh, in mid in the uh, late eighties, <laughs> so um, I wouldn't have thought they would have that sort of, you know, arc in front of them. I think they just wrote it and they said, "Oh, this is a good idea." So they didn't. So there wasn't uh, tension with her. I mean. Was she married? Like she was married. Was she was, there was there a problem with the marriage from the beginning? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, uh, just going by my notes and bear with me one moment while I go back through them. Um, uh, yeah, she's um, she was. They were married at the start. Of the sh- they were married at the start of the show, and then they they've joined her met, and they just become friendly over time. And then when they when um him and her and her husband got divorced, they got 
even more friendly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you can't have your leading man date a married woman. Mm. And well, they had to have an explanation of why she was never married. Except she could have been a widower. That would have been better. Where does this show take place? Obviously, there's water nearby because the guy mm. with eye patch lives on a boat. There's also a big manor house. Um, Which are all over England. I guess so. So, but is there is this a specific town, or does Lovejoy travel all over? Uh, no, it's, I believe it's filmed in um, uh, Essex. I believe. Okay. Well, I mean, how long does it take to drive from one end of England to the other? Not very long, right? Uh, about depending which way you're going, but I would say across country would be about three hours, and from north to south about ten or eleven. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, they could have their base of operations be her house, yet set episodes all over if they wanted to. Yeah, but on the other hand, you're, you're, you're thinking as an American. Uh, I tend to do yeah. that. <laughs> uh, our distances are a lot longer than yours. Yeah, when I was going over there, my mom and I were flying over and we had a whole plan very American plan of um, we flew into London and then we'd get right in the rental car, go to Stonehenge, go to a, a hotel down more near like Bridport and stuff, and then and then use that as a base of operations and explore all of southern England and then head up and so forth. And, and I kept being told, no, 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 you don't understand. Driving in England is very different from America and it's the distances are, you know, they're much different and more difficult and so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I did not find that. Mm. I found that to be the attitude, but not the reality. Mm. The would, little yeah. lanes are hard to deal with, but generally... I'm just saying that if for this show they could have done where they introduced the plot of the episode at her house and then the next day... The rest of it takes place in northern England, and it wouldn't be out of, you know, realistic. It would be unrealistic that they could travel that distance day for the purpose but, of the episode, for the purpose of the plot. But I think what um, what he was saying and I, what I saw in general of talking to people in England was that that's not how the mindset works. Mm. You don't do a lot of traveling of, you know, like a five-hour drive is like, like here, <laughs> here, you know, I drove down to D.C. one day, five hours, spent the day, and then drove back home five hours. And it was like, okay. But I didn't get the feeling when I was in England that people do stuff like that. Hmm. I'm on the uh, BBC uh, location website. Unfortunately, it's giving me all dead links. All, uh, I know, all I know, it's from Essex. That's all I, can, that's all I know. Am I wrong about that, or was that kind of what you were saying? Yeah, definitely. That, yeah, that's just not, it's just not the mindset. It's like, no. my parents are from the Midwest, and, and some of us here on, are from the Midwest, and, you know, driving a couple hours for something minor is just not a big deal. But this is his business. I'm just saying, in the context yeah. of this show, versus yeah. not, not reality, but... In the context of Lovejoy, the TV show, you have to have plots set in different spots. <laughs> Therefore, wouldn't he 
I don't know. You you can't have it all just take. This is not New York City, whatever the little town this is. He's got to have to travel for these antique mysteries. Because how many antique mystery show you know episodes could you have in one location? Uh, you've never seen the show Midsummer Murders. Okay. Uh, that was uh, set in a little, lovely little village called Midsummer, and every single and every single week somebody would get murdered. Okay, that's where the that's like the uh, murder she wrote thing set in a small town in Maine, and, mm. and people keep getting murdered. Mm. Okay, so I guess they just suspend their disbelief. Like, oh, there's people in this town that Lovejoy is in is they're really into antiques. Like, <laughs> drives the <laughs> drives the business. That's why um, I can't can't remember which one it is. One of the one of the two, either. And I always think it's uh, a little village called. There's a soap over here called Emmerdale. And uh, I'm I'm hoping I picked the right one out of the three. Um, that is being cast as the most dangerous place to live in Britain. Because <laughs> it's set in this lovely little village called Emmerdale, and. Everything happens there. They've had plane crashes there, um, you know, raids on the local post office, hurricanes, you name it, they've had it. Wow. They do sound like, uh, that does sound like a good setting for a television show. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, the thing, yes, go on. I was gonna, I was gonna say that the main hall in, in the, uh, in the show was called, um, in, in real life, is called Belch, uh, Belch, uh, Hamp, Hall. That's B E L C H A M P, and they've uh, got a loads of uh, buildings, and they're all, all called Lovejoy. <laughs> okay, so how long would it take you to travel to this location and take photos uh, for us? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me have, let me have a look. give me a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've got it on the Why? map in front of me. Chris, go, Chris goes to the press gang building for for his podcast for uh, the last word a press gang podcast. Without without um, without doing a thing, I would assume it's about 140 to 150 miles away. That's trek. But how many in kilometers? Point <laughs> <laughs> six times. Um, like everything in England, it looks absolutely charming. Red, lots of red brick at the Lovejoy Studio, perfect country getaway. It's, 100, <laughs> it's 161 miles away, or in, by cars, 2 hours, 51 minutes. Yeah, charming. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Oh, the distance is very charming. <laughs> <laughs> everything, about, everything about it is very charming. <laughs> One of my notes is, um, it makes me sad when rich people lose all their stuff. Why? Yes. I just don't like it. I don't like things being taken away from are you a rich person who lost all his stuff at one point in your life <laughs> no i just feel bad for, <laughs> for the rich when they lose their but, stuff but they're better than us you heard it here for first matt okay. is part of the percent he's part of the one percent <laughs> yeah or he no he's part apparently part of the 99 percent who uh now, now who wants to make protect and and defend one <laughs> percent at all costs it's a lot of that in this country sure um, it's an irrational it's an irrational sadness the way I feel when, when attractive people get in trouble like get arrested it's like oh, I don't understand you <laughs> she took it very very well which is 
you know, good for her. I mean, I kind of got the whole, you know, being free thing. Um, I thought they were, were they creditors appraising her stuff. They yeah. did not want to give accurate prices to yeah. anything. That was a little strange. If he's saying, wow. oh, this is worth more, and they're looking to get money from them, oh, it's worth more? Well, that's a good that's good information. Thank you, sir. Yeah, but on on the other hand, they're looking for a quick, sharp sale. Yeah. So, so, so mm-hmm. they're going to price it down so they can get rid of it. Yeah. You know, because it's going it's to it's cost them money to store the, store the stuff. So they, 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 they just want sure as soon as I can. Mm. Yeah, that from what I've seen on other television shows, that's what happens when for taxes or whatever reason. It's always there's a auction or something. Okay, so the Janie was divorced, or yeah. were they? Okay, so was she divorced or was? Why is she living in her ex husband's house with his stuff? I think they, they were divorced. Or were they, tr- were they try these separated? Let's have a look. Just, uh, so there was a moment where Lovejoy says, well, that's ours. And she says, well, no, it's mine. But if it's hers, why, is, why are her, her ex-husband's creditors taking her stuff if they're divorced? I mean, the, the assets should be separated at this point. Yeah, I mean, if there's if they're divorced, there could be something in the divorce decree that gives her the right to live in the house without owning the house. Um, Still, she'd have her own possessions. But yeah, she would have her own possessions. I mean, they're taking; they were taking her her things. Unless, unless technically, it had been the way he's looking at it. You know those hours. If the money, if it had been bought before she was divorced, he may be looking at it emotionally rather than technically. Because if it was bought with the family money or something, yeah, it may be the husband's property. Except that his whole attitude right then was the financial aspect of it. Because then he starts talking. Oh well, that's not even. It's worth more than this, and that belongs to us, and that's that. It seemed kind of clear that it really was her stuff that they were selling, which was strange to me. Yeah. But she didn't care. She's like, that's all right. I'm go- I'm leaving. Yeah. A lot of it could be just not wanting to fight. I mean, there was a one of the things I think would probably be interesting about this show from what I saw was something that's kind of been alluded to that it's, it's very, very English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think that's one of the things that aggravated me about the woman. <coughs> that's just my own little problem because, uh, personal story, uh, when I was very young, my first real boyfriend was from another country. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would get into this whole thing about how American I was. But then when things weren't going well, he would say, but, you know, you've got this English heritage and, you know, you should be like civilized about this whole thing and all. And I'd be like, no, remember, I'm American. You aren't getting away with this by telling me I should be civilized. I'm not going to be civilized <laughs> about it at all. <laughs> and so I was watching this whole inter, 
interplay between them and it was like oh yes we're being oh so civilized about this whole thing and meanwhile it's being almost used as an excuse for her to you know she's been using him is what I got the feeling of that she's been using him and now she's throwing him away um, in a very civilized way yeah, yeah. maybe without having seen all of it I couldn't not ready to write her off as mm. As I say, it's probably a personal problem on my part. (laughs) Yeah. While we're talking, while we're talking about uh, the good lady, do you want want me to tell you how the show ends? Yeah. (laughs) Sure. I'm not going to watch it, so sure. (laughs) Well, as as I said, uh, Lovejoy gets a new love interest in the very next episode. (laughs) Is she very stiff upper lippy as well? Uh, She's an auctioneer. Basically, what happens is Lovejoy's looking after after the empty house. And then um, she, he meets she, he meets the new auctioneer called uh, Charlotte, and they have a, they have a bit of a love interest thing going on. And in the final episode, he decides to actually finally ask her to marry him. Hmm. Uh, and uh, Lady Jane comes back for the happier occasion, making it look like a reunion is is in the works. Then Lovejoy is kidnapped by one of his enemies. So Charlotte, oh. yeah. So Charlotte assumes the worst and abandons her wedding plans with waiting, without waiting for an explanation. And the show ends with everyone in limbo. Oh no! Wait, he gets kidnapped and then they don't find out what happens? Uh, basically, that's what I'm reading here. Oh my! <laughs> wow, that's kind of a mind-blowing series finale. Mm-hmm. Did they expect to be cancelled or? I, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was coming back for a final season, but then again, that means nothing in British TV. Yeah, so it was, they said it was going to be coming back and then they didn't bring it back? No, 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 no. they knew going in it would be cancelled. Oh, okay. But that doesn't mean anything in British, British TV. Oh, okay. Because uh, if I'm going, on, if I can go on a slight tangent. Okay. Uh, have you heard of a show called Blake 7? Yeah. Yes. Okay, the, they knew going in that the third season would be their final season. <coughs> so they made this, because they're going to do this big season finale where the spaceship they use is going to be blown up and that, and that sort of stuff. So they made the show, that spaceship they used got blown up in the final episode and it looked all lost. Halfway through the, halfway through the showing of um, the final episode. When it was on TV, the head of the BBC commissioning um, boards actually phoned up the BBC and said, "I'm loving the show. I'm commissioning it for four season. Make the announcement right now." Oh no! So he, yeah, he was the, the continuity announcer to make the announcement. Wow! Halfway through the airing of the what should have been the final episode. I hope they were ready to pay the uh, the actors and the crew and the producers and everything a lot of money for coming back. Uh, I believe so. I don't know the 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 internet's behind the scenes dealing to what happened then. I have to be honest with you. I just know that's quite a famous story. Mm. Well, well, frequently shows get better once they're in that final stretch where mm. it's well, they have they they're working toward an ending, so they know what they have to how to arc their stories. And then it gets really, really good at the end, and I can 
definitely see somebody saying, you know what, this show's really <laughs> good. Let's keep it. Let's keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that I knew uh, one of the producers couldn't make the uh, fourth season as it was, and a couple of the actors couldn't make it either. That doesn't sound very good. <laughs> so they, yeah, they, uh, so yeah, and um, they killed off. They seem to have killed off them in that final episode of, of the third season. They killed off the main villain. Oh, we need to bring her back halfway through the fourth season. Uh huh. Well, the show needs a villain, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. There's been a lot of programs recently that have thought that they were going to end, and then they got picked up again. Mm. Um. Certainly, shows like Community going to Hulu, Killing going to Netflix, Longmire. Um, what's Has another Longmire one? Longmire been saved. Yeah, it was saved by Netflix. Oh, cool. Um, I like Longmire. But uh, oh, like then the uh, Parks and Recreation had about three different series finales because every year they didn't think they were coming back or they weren't sure sure so they wrote a, like a series finale and they got picked up again because NBC was at a state where they couldn't really cancel everything so hmm. it kept coming back and it's had like Friday night lights same thing had like three series finales jump networks yeah. so it's not i wouldn't say uh Blake 7 is really that unusual hmm. except in perhaps in the way that it ended it's yeah and the timing yeah, yeah. the timing is yeah the timing is a little strange. bizarre yeah hmm are there any other are there any other episodes of Lovejoy that stand out in your memory as being really good or really strange or? Uh, as I said, it's been a while since I've done a complete rewatch. I've been thinking about getting the box out for a while actually, um, but um, uh, give me a bit of a think. Sure. I'll uh, while you're thinking about that, I'll read okay. some of these descriptions that initially I was going to let our. Uh, our okay. Facebook group pick from these episodes that sounded interesting to me. One's called Friends, Romans, and Enemies. While reviewing articles from an estate sale of an eccentric engineer, Lovejoy uncovers clues that lead him to an ancient Roman grave. Oh. That's cool. That sounds interesting. From season two, Bin Diving. Eric becomes involved in a territorial dispute with a garbage man, Brian Nunn, over his right to salvage valuables from the garbage. Amazing. <laughs> Montezuma's Revenge, after Lovejoy is recruited to sell an ancient Colombian funerary figure with a curse on it, it soon ah. lives up to its reputation as murder soon follow. Oh. Members only from season three, Lovejoy and Jane help a likable and honorable Japanese businessman, Mr. Kashimoto, become a member of an elite golfing country club. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure how that relates to uh, antiquing. From season five, Stones of Destiny, Lovejoy accompanies Charlotte to Wales in search of a stolen Celtic cross that, or a Celtic cross, that may come from a coastal cave that served as a medieval church. And the last one I have here is Day of Reckoning. A deranged murderer with a penchant for puzzles and a pathological hatred of Lovejoy tries to lure him into a trap by kidnapping and threatening to kill Charlotte. Like puzzles as in jigsaw puzzles? Yeah, like... like, (laughs) Lovejoy meets the Saw films, I guess. <laughs> uh, Charlotte's what, a, the auctioneer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so those that have Charlotte are the sixth season. Uh, first and sixth seasons. Oh, I thought the, this, this is this is only episode two. Oh, oh, she leaves right at the beginning. I was thinking yeah. it was the end of the. Okay. Oh, all right. Uh, Scotch on the Rocks from uh, season three. Which is, and I've just lost the thing here. Where is it? Here we go. Here we go. 
Uh, Lovejoy acquires an ancient Scottish sword, which soon be- becomes a target for a number of attempted thefts. Curious, he investigates his history, only to discover a fortune in buried travel- treasure. His only problem is, it's now under a supermarket. Damn. Blow it up. Okay, so here's an episode called The Lost Colony. During a house sale, Lovejoy meets an American lady whose name also proves to be Lovejoy. She comes under suspicion of stealing some items which once once belonged to Sir Walter Raleigh. He pursues her to North Carolina, only to find that she is a member of one of the wealthiest families in the state. So does this sound familiar? Her name's Lovejoy, too? Uh, Which season is that from? That's the end of season five. Season five. Huh. I wonder, do they, do they ever film outside of the country, or do they just... Not as far as I'm this aware. Is, this is North Carolina. <laughs> not as far as I'm aware, but they're saying that, though, I mean, it's the BBC, so they wouldn't have done that sort of st- stuff. Hmm. Yeah, they, it would be interesting to see what kind of uh, American accents the secondary characters had. Give me a second and I'll find out for you. The episode of Doctor Who where they came, not the one, not the latest one where they came to New York, but the one where they did, uh, where Richard Nixon was supposed to be in it. And that one I was kind of appalled by the Richard Nixon impression or lack of it. That could have actually come over uh, to North Carolina because it was actually a Christmas special. Oh, Huh. wonder why they would pick North Carolina. Maybe somebody's relatives lived there or something and they wanted to come visit. Shane, do you like this show, like, genuinely, or you just like it for nostalgia's sake? Mainly just nostalgia's sake, to be honest with you. (laughs) If I'm going to be totally honest with you. Yeah, Yeah. that's okay. There's plenty of shows like that. Yep. Okay, so McShane wrote... um, says here, Courtney, this article from The Independent, that McShane made the show himself, that he holds the rights. Huh. So he came up with the concept? Is he always well, holding... He, ba- he based them on books, but it sounds like he he's the pr- lead producer on it. No wonder he put it in the beginning, Ian McShane as Lovejoy. Yeah. He says, I haven't watched it for ages, but when I do occasionally, it stands up very well because of the quality of the writing. I escaped the shadow by not doing any television for four years. Otherwise, as soon as people see you on screen, they say, oh, it's Lovejoy again. Mm. Asked, does he collect antiques? He says, I don't. I like modern Italian furniture. It was originally a novel by John Grant, and it was adapted by, to, by t- to television by Ian LaFrontiel. Um, um, I butchered that name. And it was made by the BBC Tamaska Productions and Wizen Productions. And I believe the, uh, the rights are with, the, uh, Fremantle Media. Yeah. Because I've just looked, I tried looking up that, um, episode on YouTube and it's been blocked by Fremantle Media, so I'm assuming they have the rights. Hmm. Okay. Ian McShane, Lovejoy could be ripe for restoration. It is nearly 20 years since Lovejoy, the adventurous of the wish but lovable antiques dealer played by Ian McShane, has last graced our screens, but could it be ripe for a comeback? Sky talked about it last year, said McShane, now better known for the rather more post-Watershed Western Deadwood. I said, if you're serious about it, why not make it about Lovejoy's daughter this time? McShane told the new issue of Radio Times, and maybe I could do guest appearances on an antique Zimmer frame. That'd be terrific. 
And like any antique, a hit show, which in this case aired on BBC One between 86 and 94, can only get more valuable with age. McShane said he kept in touch with co-star Phyllis Logan, who played Lady Jane Felsham, now stars in Downton Abbey. Except don't ask him what he thinks of it. Oh, go on then. It's not my kind of show, but she's a marvelous actress. Mm. <laughs> this is about uh, Downton Abbey. I don't think it's well written. Upstairs, downstairs was better. <laughs> <laughs> well then. Well... Um, yeah, if they introduced this supposed vi- violent, uh, aspect of the books into the show, I could see them making a kind of an updated version. Uh, I've, I've got an article from the Sunday Express dated the, um, well, actually dated April 21st. Uh, get set for the Antiques Vogue show as Zevjoy makes a comeback. He was the vogus antique dealer who lit up small screens with his swashbuckling adventures in the 80s and 90s. And now it's been revealed that the hit television series, Lovejoy, could be making a comeback. One of the UK leading television writers is developing a script featuring Lovejoy, who ran, first played by English Shane in the series that ran from 1986 to 1984. Tony Jordan, the man behind BBC One hits including Hustle, Life on Mars and East Enders, is using the original novels as a source material. And, and with 24 books in total, that means a potentially long-running series that could take off RadioTimes.com reports. Uh, but it's not known if the actor named 72 will reprise his role. Hmm. Maybe uh, in, a, in a guest capacity. The new Lovejoy project is in its very early days, according to Jordan's production company, Red Picture, uh, Red Panic Pictures. Is uh, you mentioned the leather jacket earlier on. Yep. That actually uh, was bought at auction for a thousand pounds last year. Oh, there's a lot of nostalgia out there. Does it actually fit whoever bought it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it doesn't say that. Uh, but yeah, the, there was it was a gold price of six hundred pounds, and it went for a thousand pounds. However. Let's see if we've got this here. No, they don't. Um, the article did say, and I can't find how much. Uh, uh, collection of reference books used by the author, author to write the original Lovejoy books was expected to fetch up to £15,000 and it was auctioned on September 16th, but that was last year. Much as one of those mirrors. Yeah. Uh, the Lovejoy sign was sold for 1200 in November of 2013. There was a Lovejoy sign? Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. I don't think it was fe- featured in the episode, but there. Oh, okay. And now, uh, all the where, where the sh- show was filmed, which was... Um, sorry, well, well, sorry. Where the show, the show was inspired um, by the little Suffolk, Suffolk village called Long Melford, and they've had all their antique sh- shops shutting, because there's no trade. Aww. Oh. 30, mm. Thirty years ago, there was 20, now there was only five. Wow. Oh. Hate when that happens. All those antique people killing each other. Yes. Violent, violent world. Indeed. Yeah. It's a bloodbath. Indeed. Do people say tickety-boo in real life, or is it just on English television shows? I've never met anyone who, who said it. Yeah. 
but saying that though, I've never met anyone with the accent of the um, uh, of the pirate guy either. But who? The pirate guy. You never met an accent. Never, never, never met that accent. Person. Yeah. That's was he odd. supposed to be from someplace unusual, or was he just he just had a bizarre accent? Just a bizarre accent. You know, going up to. The I wonder if the actor was playing something, trying to play some. Thing that they wasn't, and that's why it came out weird. The the uh, woman on um, what was it? It was it was one of those American shows um, about people who were missing. I don't remember which. <laughs> I, there was a bunch of them on at the same time a few years ago, and um, almost the entire cast was not from the United States, mm-hmm. but they were all playing Americans. And the one woman who otherwise was doing a wonderful job, but her accent, she obviously had done research because it took place in New York, and I think she was supposed to be from New Jersey. And she'd obviously done uh, research on a New Jersey accent and was trying to do a New Jersey accent. And when I first heard her, I was like, what in the world is she? That is the weirdest accent I've ever heard. Where is she supposed to be from? And where is this actress from? And then I found out she was from Australia or someplace and was apparently trying to do a New Jersey accent. And being from New Jersey, I was like, oh, is that what she's trying to do? <laughs> okay. It, so it might have been that this guy was from somewhere else and trying to do a local accent or something. Possibly. But we're not even sure exactly where it's... We know it was filmed, but we're not sure where it's supposed to mm. take place. Well, didn't you say it was supposed to, supposed to be inspired by... Uh, I'll go back to it. Thing. You just said it a little while ago, I thought. I did, and I, I've, got, I've lost the page. Yeah, I've lost the page. And I know what my memory is saying, but I don't trust it. I'll say it anyway. I thought uh, my memory is saying it might have said Suffolk or something. Does that sound right or no? Because uh, originally you were saying it was it was filmed in Essex, Suffolk, right? Yeah, Suffolk, but, uh, Suffolk. I was Suffolk, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I have no idea what a Suffolk accent should sound like. My last note is uh, about Monica. I just wrote, I love this haughty bitch. <laughs> She's a child. How can you speak about her that way? It's true. Uh, she was amazing. She's a little monster. She is a, yeah, she is a bitch. A, a little um, Veruca Salt. Yeah, right. I was just thinking that too. I, I was thinking that too. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I like in the end where uh, Ian McShane gets in a pickup truck. That was completely unexpected. I don't think I've ever seen a British person get inside a pickup in my life. I don't know. Is that a they're, weird like? Is very, that a weird stereotype? A very uh, American vehicle. Usually. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. I've seen a British person get in a lorry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but no. You know that's right. I I it didn't even strike me, but you're right. I I haven't seen too many pickup trucks on British shows. Yeah, but I haven't seen that many British shows. I guess I've seen quite a few. I've seen a few, but I haven't seen as much as Shane. I'm sure. Like, yeah. Much. Well, what's uh 
a British show that you've seen a lot of? Because I don't think I've seen too many other than... Um, we used to watch. We used to watch a lot of Keeping Up Appearances in our house because we thought it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious for us as well. I don't want, you know. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. That could be like one of the one of the English shows where oh, Amer- all Americans watch that show. No English person ever watched it or something. I don't know. But I we always and like what's that show that funny. your parents love so much and they laugh at everything that happens in it? Oh God. I don't know. It's that it's, show with the, it's like a cross-dressing man. Mrs. Brown's Ms. something. I don't know. It's a comedy. It's a comedy. There's and a dude it's not dressed funny, up as an older lady, but they love it. it. They think it's the most hilarious show. Mrs. Brown's Boys. Yeah, that's like what that. it is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that one. No. Well, I don't know. I mean, the most of the British shows that we get here or used to get here were on. Uh, PBS and public broadcasting, and uh, still the case. Yeah, well, now you have like BBC America and stuff. They don't, but they don't show very many. They don't. They don't show very many. I I find it amazing how much of BBC America is uh, Star Trek: Next Generation. I, I know. Yes, I know. It's bizarre. Yeah. And Top Gear. I mean, they do. A, yes. They do days and days of Top Gear. They did a lot of Doctor Who for a while, which at least yeah. was English, but... They do Doctor Who on... They'll do long periods of Doctor Who. There was a lot of house hunting thing. There was, like, um, house restorations, like flipping houses and redoing, remodeling houses for a while. They, that was the really? big thing. Yeah. I didn't... Does, does I anyone... Didn't get, <laughs> it took my Hollyoaks off the channel. <laughs> does anyone get in a <laughs> truck on uh, Doctor Who? <laughs> Does anyone do what on Doctor Who? Get in a pickup truck on Doctor Who? I'll I'll bring Doctor I, Who pickup truck and see what comes up. I was <laughs> thinking that actually before I was trying to imagine any of the any of the people who played the Doctor getting into a pickup truck, and I couldn't quite imagine it. Mm. Though it would be pretty funny. Yeah. I'm just about to put something into the chat. You'll get this more than anyone else, Matt. Okay. But give this uh, wrong match. Okay. Wrong match. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not you. <laughs> uh, where is it? There you go. Give this a watch. Hi, Sam. Hmm? I guess you won't know who I bumped into in the street. Oh, Richard, I do wish you wouldn't speak to people without me. <laughs> who did you bump into? Or rather, into whom did you bump? Well, that fellow who's come to town to do a play reading with the Drama Society. You know, oh. that famous actor chap. Oh! Yeah, I asked him to pop over. Uh. That could be him oh. now. Oh, I'll go, I'll go. A famous actor visiting my home. I hope the neighbours are watching. <laughs>
useless. Don't you agree, Lovejoy? I don't care who else he's worked with. I am not having that pink blob on my show. All right? Right. Noel's house party, Mr. Blobby meets... It's pronounced bouquet. <laughs> oh, what is going on? I'm just scrubbing through it. There's a man being um, That man has molested. quite a busy tie. It looks like um. There's a man being molested by a mascot. Oh my god, that is the scariest mascot I've ever seen. Ah! Now, that mascot scares the crap the out of me. The mascot keeps trying to molest people. It looks like a... Who should I call it? From uh, it looks like a pink and polka dotted version of uh, that uh, mascot from McDonald's. There, the purple guy. Grimace. Grimace. <laughs> yes, it looks like a a pink grimace. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> what the? Why did you turn off the volume? By the way, is this a real um creature? Is Mister Blobby a actual creature? Yes. And is it? What's it from? Nose house party. Oh. So and this is Noel's house party. Yeah. And what kind of show is this? Uh, Noel's house party was a live night entertainment show on Saturday night. Okay. For adults? No, no, no. For for the entire family, it was about ha- it changed time slots over a period of time, but between six and seven on Saturday night. And you can you can see at the end of the video, you'll see why uh, I forwarded you this without spoiling anything. <laughs> Sometimes I do answer the phone. No, this is not the Chinese takeaway. <laughs> so what is what is Mr. Blobby supposed to be? Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Blobby, if I can go all the way back, they pull uh, hit, they pull practical jokes on famous people, which are, which were called gotchas. And they will put a celebrity in a ridiculous situation and and that magic commence basically. <laughs> and then uh and Lovejoy drives away in his pickup truck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and basically one of the pre one of the things was they were gonna film a fake children television program. And Mr. Blobby was you know, the mascot. So they would put the celebrity in television studio, the celebrity thinking he's filming a, ch- a children's television program, and it would, they would make sure everything would go wrong. Until the big reveal that, at the end was, you know, you've just been, you know, a bit like, um, what was that show called? Pranked, I think it was called? Was it Pranked? Yeah. Pranked? Yeah. Was it called Pranked? Pranked. Yeah, I think it, maybe. Yeah. Wasn't there a show like that? I think there might still be. Yeah. And it was basically like that. Then Mr. Blobby got popular. He had a number one Christmas single. Ah. Oh, wow. <laughs> called Mr. Blobby. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. All and, right. Yeah. Now, you know, something maybe you guys talked about when I wasn't on, but... um. The talking to the the audience. Oh yeah, the the uh, fourth wall break. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I um, forgot about that since he does it so little. <laughs> yeah, he does it so little. But at at one point it was interesting because it looked like he was doing it again, but in fact he was talking to someone behind the camera. Yeah. 
you know, another character in the in the piece, which I thought was interesting. Um, does he does he talk to the audience more often in other episodes, or is this something that's just intermittent? No, it's both the same in um, in all the other episodes. I mean, it's you know comes and goes. Sometimes in one episode you might do it a little bit more, and sometimes you might do it a bit less. But it's there every single episode. Well, most episodes anyway. Uh-huh. Seems like they should either do it more or not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of strange the amount they did it, um, mm-hmm. and I did I did think it was interesting, as I say, that that one time it looked like he was talking to the audience, and it turned out he wasn't, which is interesting. Mm. It's unusual. I'm all out of notes. Yeah, I'm out of notes too. I'm done. Is there anyone? Is there any other questions you want to ask the English person about English TV? No, <laughs> I kind of want to start a podcast about Americans watching English TV, though. <laughs> um, hmm. I didn't come with questions about English TV in general. I, I wish I had now. Hmm. Would you say when you were talking about this being BBC mm-hmm. and and all so of that time period mm-hmm. I mean I have heard about you know the BBC standards and stuff and mm-hmm. and some of the things that are done to American shows when they are put on on British television um, yeah. like like with Buffy and and so forth where it, some of them are chopped up pretty well mm-hmm. um it, it it seems very low key. Mm. It, was that generally the the? Um, that was more of a tendency of the fact it was on a Sunday night. Uh huh. Um, because Saturday night was much more of Saturday, Saturday night was much more of a high octane in your face type of deal. Gotcha. Uh, Saturday the Saturday nights would be something like. Uh, just trying to think of, you know, dad. A repeat of Dad's Army, while you know people are coming back in from day day out. Then followed by a, a you know, a, a quite expensive quiz show. And I say expensive. Remember, we're talking about early nineties here, um, where people could win a trip around the world. Um, then it would be No House Party, which again would be live. You know, be brash, in your face, action, 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 action. Then it would be um, um, casualty, which is, you know, obviously that like your ER, which would be a ratings pillar for them as well. And casualty? Yeah. Okay. Do people get hurt? Is that the whole point? Or? No, it would be like your ER. Oh, okay. All right. But, so, so like but, a medical drama. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But it would have underlying. It would be much more, uh, much more of underlying things about what's happening in real life. As in, okay. you know, they would complain about the lack of funding the NHS would get and that sort of stuff. You know, it, it would reflect real life issues in the show. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then on uh, on ITV, which is the other main television station, it would be things like Gladiators again. 
you know, a high action, you know, you, you've had American Gladiators, think of the British version of that. You know, it'd be very much, very much like the, the, the like entertainment evening, as it were. You know, things for all the family to enjoy. Gotcha. However, on a Sunday evening, you know, before this would be Songs of Praise, which would be a, you know, religious program. Then it would be this, you know, and much, much more of a low-key evening. Gotcha. You know, okay. you know, get you back into the working week, as it were. Uh-huh. It's the complete opposite of how it is now, where... On our TV, we have the most uh, brutal shows. Like it's time for Breaking Bad. It's time for The Sopranos. It's time for Deadwood. Sunday Sunday nights. That's when the cable channels have their premium TV. Mm. Getting us ready to go to work the next day. Yeah. Well, it usually gives you something to talk about the next day. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones again. Sunday nights. It's always Sunday nights is when the good TV happens. <laughs> it's a dog-eat-dog world out there. Get ready for Monday morning. Mm. And they would, always, they would always show a, you know, a blockbuster film on a Saturday night. Both channels would. They used to do that here, too. They're this, um, you, back when I was a kid, it would be, you had like Saturday night at the movies. Mm. Or going really far back when I was a little kid, Million dollar movie in the New York City area. They they used to play kind of old movies, but it was million dollar movie because the idea was that a million dollars to make a movie was a lot of money. Hmm. Not so much anymore. Okay. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. Oh. All right. Thank you for joining us today, Shane. My pleasure. My pleasure. I don't know. Have Thank we ever podcasted you. together? I don't we, think we have. Uh, n- not podcasted, no. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you could join us. My pleasure. You should uh, give Deadwood a try someday. It's it's a lot like Lovejoy, except with um, <laughs> more blowjob monologues. <laughs> uh, yeah, with viol- much more violence, sex, and and brutality. Yeah. Instead of talking to the camera, Ian McShane talks to the horror that's... Uh, Flating him. Never, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be back in uh, August to do a season two premiere. A lie agreed upon part one. Send us your feedback for that episode. Hooplecast at gmail.com or find us at hooplecast.com. Any other thoughts before we go? Thank you, Shane. My pleasure. Yep, thank you. Thank you for expanding our horizons. Huh. Tickety boo. This was all very tickety-boo. Tickety-boo. Magic mirror on the wall the fairest of them all Oh, 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 oh tell me magic mirror on the wall Magic mirror Loves me at all.
All right. Well, if you're listening to this, you're listening to the outtakes because <laughs> we had some major <laughs> issues with our recording where I lost the recording and Matt lost the recording and Shane saved the day. So, Hey, Shane. And I was an idiot and forgot that actually two people sent in feedback and I don't want to, um, I, I want to honor their efforts. So we'll read it now. Carol and I will read it. Uh, actually, Carol will, will read it and then we'll talk about it. This one's from Harold. Okay. Where is it? It's in the Skype uh, chat. Okay, hang on a second. Aha! Okay, from Harold. Oh, hey, Harold. I have never watched Lovejoy before, and I didn't know what it was about. I thought it was a detective show. Now that I've watched this one episode, I still don't have a clue. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. Join the rest of us. As far as I can gather, Lovejoy has been employed by the Lady Felsham, and a romance between them was slowly developing over the seasons as her marriage deteriorated. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's the way it came across. It is curious to me that this long-term arc would come to an end in an episode that was chiefly about the sale and purchase of mirrors. <laughs> you know, it sounds really stupid when you just say it in a sentence. <laughs> My, I mean, basically, we had the same idea, Harold. This <laughs> is... Now that I write that, I find it astounding that any episode of television would be focused on the sale and purchase of mirrors. At first, I thought that perhaps Monica was correct and that something weird would happen, like perhaps someone goes through the looking glass and confronts their inner demons. After I realized that this was not going to happen, I began to think I would turn into a scam episode. It would turn into a scam episode where someone was able to make out like a bandit by trading a worthless mirror for a fantastically valuable one. So basically, Harold was hoping for that episode of Supernatural. (laughs) There was something in the mirror. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, okay, Harold went through Supernatural and then went through, um, uh, oh, what was the leverage or what? I never Um, watched leverage, but when we were... Uh, podcasting earlier and we were talking about like locations of where they filmed and where this TV show could yeah. be set. I kept thinking yeah. I wanted to say supernatural. The, the Those characters travel from town to town and it seems preposterous that they can get from point A to point B within within like one episode because of the distance required. But in England you could because it's <laughs> there's no distance to travel. Yeah, but but the English look at it kind of like... <laughs> yeah, I understand now. Like the the distances that the Winchesters travel, you know, in a blink of an eye. But yeah, yeah I you know it takes Winchesters a lot longer to get there. It's just you know they just kind of take that out. I mean, growing up in in Ohio, uh, an hour from the border, it only took an hour to get to Canada. You could get to another country in an hour. And yeah. now I'm in Arizona where an hour you're in the other side of town because that's just how spread out everything is. So I guess yes, as a just sort of thinking as a someone from Ohio, yes, t- distances you you perceive distances differently. This is true. This is true. Um, my parents, when they came to New Jersey from uh, the Midwest, kept underestimate like I'm sorry, overestimating how long it would get them to take them to get someplace like far away, what looked like far away on the map, because they were just used to looking at the map and them being, you know, great big distances. And of course, New Jersey, Connecticut are very small distances with just a lot of traffic. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Harold goes on. He's not done yet. Um, 
let's see. Uh, instead, there was none of this. True, Harold. Just as the usual story about just the usual story about British people being too repressed to express their emotions, living in manners, and driving around in cars from the 1920s. And pickup trucks. <laughs> yes, and pickup trucks. As for McShane, this is obviously a much different role, but I was way too excited to hear him say gratis. Yes. <laughs> I suppose it would have been out of character for Lovejoy to go to the local pub to request whiskey, Pharaoh, and snatch from the first cocksucker that he meets, or to knife Alex for losing the lady's estate. But even with his early 90s mullet and leather jacket, he is still recognizably McShane. I give this six uh, billets doux out of ten. I don't know if I said that right. It's better than what I would have said. I would have said <laughs> billet dues. I don't know. Um, yeah, I I have to agree with Harold on the you know the repressing their emotions and everything. I literally in my notes I just wrote, um, "Oh, we're being very British, aren't we?" Yeah. Well, you you even asked asked Shane. What is it about British TV that's so, like, mellow? Like, Yeah. 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 It's it was, almost lazy. It, yeah, it was very... It's. I mean, sometimes that can be a good change to just have, you know, things, just a slice of life type thing. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately for me, I mean, as I say, the, the uh, repressed attitude towards someone that you supposedly care about i don't find that at all appealing in any way shape or form <laughs> yeah the the lack of uh of emotion or i like i didn't i didn't feel any chemistry between Janie and lovejoy I, well I, I mean he seemed to he seemed to very much care about her but i mean she was treating him like he was disposable it could and be that it was badly cast. I wasn't even going to say goodbye to him, you know, really. I'm sorry, what? I was saying, the, I, having seen the actress in Downton Abbey, she's fine, So, but it could be she's she was badly cast or badly directed. Maybe. Or that's what they actually wanted. Yeah. You know, that might have been because that is, you know, that is a a um, a, a well-worn social construct you know that uh you know the stiff upper lip and the being terribly civilized in adversity and all of that which you know is great in certain circumstances but not so much in others mm -hmm. so and the second and final feedback is from nutty which uh, i will also ask carol to read <laughs> okay uh where does nutty start here we go so that was odd <laughs> Basically, Lovejoy is a con man who deals in antiques. It was interesting to see Ian McShane in a nicer role, but I just kept waiting for him to call someone a cocksucker, which I guess in the Lovejoy books he would have. Oh, Also, his mullet was awful, but that was the 80s, and the repressed British emotions, hard to relate to, but that's just British. I don't think I'd do an intro cast on the show, but it was worth watching for a bonus episode. And, oh, P.S. Hi, Shane! Well, if Shane, if Shane was here, he would have appreciated that. And he would have said hi back. Yes, he would have. We'll say hi back. Hi back. Hi. Uh, do you want me to edit out your cocksuckers? Uh, no, that's all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay. I'm quoting someone else. It should be fine. Yes. I mean, if it's not, you know. You're not running for office or anything. Where? No, no I never. Even if even if you did, I don't think it'd matter. I am reading someone else's words. It shouldn't matter. Shouldn't. Mm. It shouldn't. There's, you know, that's just. This is where my matter of principle shows up. <laughs> it shouldn't matter. So it was nice seeing McShane in a nicer role, um, especially yeah. at the end when he get got kind of teary eyed when Janie drove away. I, I wrote down in my notes, "Oh, sad Al Swearingen." Frowny, <laughs> frowny face. <laughs> Which we just saw, interestingly enough, in in the other in the episode we just watched of Deadwood. Yeah. You know, in in certain ways, the whole repression thing and everything um, worked with Swearingen as well, because as as much of a temper as the guy has and all, he actually is very restrained in certain ways. I mean, the whole thing with Trixie. Um, I mean, he was re- restrained in that he was he was taking it out on other people, but he was not talking to her about it or anything. Which right, it was very- the whole "I don't want to talk to you" is very passive aggressive. Oh not yeah, a, not aggressive aggressive. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So, so, uh, and there is kind of a relationship with this whole this whole thing that they were doing. I mean. His, this guy, as we said, is a lot nicer, and he's not, yeah. you know, he he's not a a horrible human being from what we saw in this episode, but uh, but I'm, he was definitely. I'm, I'm not, sure. not admitting I'm his feelings. I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, we're, we're both <laughs> we're we're both eager to talk. Um, no. I'm not sure that Al Swearingen is a horrible horrible human being either. In fact, I think we. If you had seen the first two or three episodes of Deadwood, maybe you would think that, but I believe he's kind of arced toward being a more understandable, likable person. Well, he's more likable, absolutely, and he's definitely, definitely more understandable. But I think we have to realize that comparing him to who he seemed to be in the first three episodes, he can be an awful lot better human being than he seemed in the first few episodes and still not be a great human being. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's, he's better, but you know, is he still somebody that you would want in your life? I don't think so. I know definitely not. I mean, he's he's really interesting to watch in a TV show. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's great. But would I say he's a good person? No. W- one last question before we go, kind of piggybacking on Nutty's email. Can you see... If you had just seen Ian McShane as Lovejoy, can you picture him in a role like Elsewhere Engine? Because yeah. I can't. I, I I look at Lovejoy and I like. Oh, he's just kind of a sop, you know. He's he's okay, but no, I think so because um, one of the things I was seeing when I was watching Lovejoy was um, 
those moments when he was calculating, I mean, one of the things that made the show at all interesting, loved you, I mean, (laughs) was his performance. And the fact that you could see the wheels turning, you know, you could see him calculating things. Um, I was kind of wondering, like, how good a guy this man actually is. I mean, okay, he's obviously a scam artist of some sort, but, you know, we're only seeing one episode, so it's hard to say, you know, what his moral, like, limits are, you know. What kind of scams is he willing to do and and all of that? But, um, you know, the operator kind of person and all of that, definitely. Um, Murderer, you know, I mean, that's not part of that character, but he definitely has a strong enough, you know, presence and personality that I would, you know, I could see him playing a bad guy or something. I guess you're right. He he did have a, a magnetic personality. I was interested in watching him, even when what was going on with the mirrors and the price tags wasn't the most riveting of dramas. <laughs> no. So, um, Hooplecast audience out there, if uh, you have you want a you want a show for your grandmother, uh, you feel like Deadwood is too intense. Well, recommend Lovejoy. <laughs> yeah, I think you could definitely get away with Lovejoy. Um, yeah, the thing with one of the things with the mirror that I didn't bring up, I should have brought up with Shane was okay. So they're taking a a real seventeenth century or eighteenth century mirror, and they're putting old ugly glass in it to make it more desirable when they switch out the glass. But they've still starting with the uh, an antique mirror. So where is the, other than the fact that they stole the mirror from his grandmother, whoever, or his aunt, where's the big profit in this? (laughs) I don't get it. And one of my questions for Shane was how much is Lovejoy worth after all of his scheming? Or, Or is this one of those shows where they get into a lot of trouble and their big scam is, gets them back to square one? I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I those shows wear on me after a while. I just want the people to like get some at least once, you know, to get a score and and uh you know, have yeah. some money for a little while. Well, it doesn't happen. He gets kidnapped apparently and apparently. Never, never never recovered. <laughs> so weird. That's very strange. That's the most interesting <laughs> part of, part about it. Well, Damn thank you for show. the Thank you for the feedback, Harold and Nutty. Yes, thank you. And thank you, Shane, for saving the podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Matt. Good night. Good night.